Well, welcome. I'm glad that you guys are here as I stand in the dark waiting for, there you go. There you are. There I am. And I'm thankful that you guys are here. If this is your first time with us, my name is Matt. And you may not know that we have campuses in Vincennes and Princeton and people are joining us online right now and in our fireside venue at this campus. And uh, we're in this series called At The Movies. Last week, we looked at Forrest Gump. Today, we're looking at the Sandlot. And you might wonder why we would do something like this. It's because when Jesus taught, he often used cultural stories to kind of bring a biblical point to things. And that's what we wanna do. We wanna bring out the film, but we wanna show you the faith highlights of it because every story, regardless how secular it is, has biblical concepts and biblical themes that run away through it. Your story has that as well. And we want you to recognize that, that God's story is found in every single thing that we have here that is human created because we are his creation. And his creator, the creator, is gonna shine through us. And of course, some of our stories, even though they may have secular points to them, the, the, the biblical themes are gonna find their, their way through. And that's what we wanna show you in uh, these stories that we're bringing out here today and then next week also. The story of the Sandlot that we just watched a, a real quick clip and synopsis of is the story of a kid that moves into a neighborhood for the first time and is trying to fit in. His name is Scott Smalls. They give him the nickname in the movie of Smalls. And uh, he's just trying to find his way, trying to find some friends. He comes in acquaintance with all these kids that join up during the summer uh, and play at a local sandlot, some baseball. And one of those kids that really befriends him is Benjamin Franklin Rodriguez. Uh, Benny is what he is known as. And Benny is a kid that comes alongside Smalls and helps him not just to fit in, but becomes a friend to him and helps him to belong within the group. And that's what I want you to see today as we just look at another clip here in a moment, that this movie's not about just fitting in. This movie is about belonging, and it comes right to the core of what the church is called to be. If it wasn't for Benny, I wouldn't ever have made a single friend. You know, I know that that movie is being exaggerated through the eyes of a kid, like, you know, the dog behind the fence is affectionately named The Beast, and no one wants to have any contact with it. And I know it's uh, kind of through the eyes of Smalls as he feels like he just doesn't fit in at all and can't throw, can't can't catch, can't do anything right, and yet wants to be a part of a group. But it reminds me of uh, kind of what some of us have forgotten about walking into a place like this for the very first time and feeling like you have to fit in, feeling like this is all new and it's different. And, and just think about it for a second, because if you're new here, I'm thankful that you walked in the doors because I've heard about people who have sat in the parking lot, sat in their cars and had to count to 10, 20 times before they even walked in the door because they just thought, you know what? I haven't been in a place like this in a long time. And there's others that have walked in and they were totally unsure about any of this. And since they hadn't been here in a long time, they were surprised that when they walked through the doors, the place didn't fall down around them, you know? And there's others that have come in here and they have, they have just uh, whimsically come and gone. Whimsically come and gone. Just never allowed their faith to get any deeper here, just kept things kind of superficial. And I think sometimes we just forget how hard it is to walk into a church building how hard it is to walk in amongst people that are connected and where everyone feels like they fit in, but they don't seem to fit in. And I think we just, uh, we just need to say, thanks for being here. Uh, if maybe you're kicking the tires today. Maybe you're just trying to figure this place out. You're figuring out what student ministry is for your, for your teenager. You're figuring out what kids ministry is for your, for your young one. You're, you're figuring out what worship ministry is. Did you know those are just the tip of the iceberg for the church or something far more deeper? 
that there's something greater that the church offers than just Sunday services and, and things for your kids. It's, it's rich and meaningful friendships. And you maybe never discovered that in a church before. You never discovered uh, what it was like to actually belong in a place because the last church you tried to fit in on and it just didn't seem to click right. You didn't talk the same way, dress the same way. And, and can I just tell you that church isn't about fitting in? It's about belonging. Those are two different things, just so you're aware. Those who want to fit in, that's about giving up your opinion, giving up your, your ways, kind of giving up your style, kind of giving up and just going to conformity. And the church has never been about conformity. And if you're a believer in here that thinks we all should just conform to the way you are and the way you dress and the way you talk and the things you do, that's called conformity. That's, that's not people of faith. The, the Christians that we find in the New Testament were so diverse, so diverse, different economic backgrounds, different social backgrounds. I mean, it didn't matter if there were people from the West Coast, East Coast, or just middle America. It didn't matter to them. They just decided that in their diversity, they were gonna be unified through Jesus Christ. And it wasn't about fitting in. It wasn't about giving in. It wasn't about conformity. It was about showing up and connecting, not superficially, but at the soul. And when you find out that you can truly belong in a place, you find out that you're free to be me. You can just be yourself and you can be comfortable in your own skin and who you are. And one of the things I've discovered about many in this world right now is they don't feel like they can belong. They feel like they can fit in. Like they have to fit into their club, fit into their job, fit into their family, fit in in all these other places, but they don't feel free to be me. Like they don't feel a connection. And, and because of that, there's a lot of loneliness in this world. So you know, even before the pandemic, about 60% of the world claimed they were lonely people. And physicians and psychologists now have discovered that after the pandemic, there's a new epidemic. Uh-oh, it just keeps on getting worse, doesn't it? The pandemic's moved to an epidemic. You know what the epidemic is? It's a mental epidemic and it's called loneliness. And about 77% of us say we're lonelier now than we've ever been before. And it's because many of us are just tired of fitting in. But here's the other side to that. Some of us can't even find a place anymore to fit in because those places aren't even open. Like sometimes you went to work, but some of you don't even go to work anymore. You just tell a commute and you show up on Zoom and you're dressed from about here up, right? And that's about it. You just kind of go through the motions of it and there's no more break room. There's no more uh, water cooler talk. There's no more... There's no more connection anymore. A lot of the places and people and the things that you used to attend have, have shut down or stopped. It's just gotten different for you. And uh, to be in the midst of something like this, something so large, you gotta find a way to get small. And man, that's why we always say that in this church, the best part of who we are is small groups. That the connection doesn't start in the row. The connection starts in a circle. And you can get close to people, like not superficially, but on a soul-based level. When you get involved in a small group, you may be wondering, how do I get there? Where do I start with that? It starts right at Connection Central. So out these doors to the right, there's folks that are at Connection Central. That's the beginning steps to getting plugged into a fellowship like this. But, but I wanna talk a little further about that because some of us just don't recognize what the church is, that the church is called to make believers, but it's also called to make belongers. Did you know that? That it's not just to be a clique, it's not to be a conforming group, it's a diverse group of people of faith that have different opinions but have liberty in those opinions and are bond together by Jesus Christ who's the connector and unifier of our faith. And God had decided he's gonna put all these misfits, misfits together, you and me, and he's gonna have us do life together. And he wants us to do it not alone, but together. So just listen to all the, the one another statements that are found in the scriptures, 59 different one another statements because God had it in store for us to not do life alone, but to do it together. Listen to this. Things like uh, be at peace with one another, love one another, be devoted to one another, live in harmony with one another, instruct one another, 
Encourage one another. Pray for one another. Offer hospitality to one another. Have equal concern for one another. Forgive one another. And in all those statements of one another, you know what you never find? Be angry with one another. You never find that. You never find fit in with one another. Conform with one another. No, you just find that there's a one anotherness found not in because of who we are, but because of whose we are. That we're all connected by Jesus Christ. And, and here's what the Sandlot ultimately teaches us. That this is kind of the basics of life. That we need each other. That we need one another. That just as Smalls was trying to fit in, and, and you're going to see that Benny wants him to belong, that we need someone to come alongside of us, or we even need to go alongside of them and help them to understand that we can, we can belong to each other. And that happens in a very great way for Smalls here uh, in the person of Benny. Uh, he's going to make him feel like he belongs like he's never have before. You know, I love that uh, Smalls has a Benny, but I think what I love even more is that Benny wants Smalls to belong. And uh, he doesn't have a glove, so Benny says, you can use mine. doesn't know how to catch, so he says, let me help you out. It does not a throw, so he teaches him real quick how to throw. Not so he'll fit in, but so that, so that he'll belong. And let me just say something to all of you who have invested and have been a part of Bethany for a long time. Like you, you feel like you're the core and this is your place. This has been your family for a very long time. You know the people, listen, you know the people who are in and out of this building, who are not consistent. And you know the people who are new and you know the people that are just kind of uh, in a Sunday morning and then not a part of a small group. You know these people, you, you know your section, you know where you sit, you know who's here and you know who's not and you know who's new. You do. And my challenge to all of you is to be that Benny, to be that person that looks around and says, it doesn't look like they're talking to anybody, anyone, so I'm going to go talk to them. Uh, it doesn't look like they're, they know where to go. I mean, when anybody's head is up and they're looking around for the wayfinding and just trying to find their way to the bathroom or to children's check-in, that's where you step in. That's where you say, it's not about fitting in, it's about belonging. Let me make this as easy as possible because at one time I was new here too, and it was really difficult for me to be a part of something this big. Let me just encourage you to help people find a place of belonging. Because here's what I've discovered about life and about church particularly, is that God desires that you initiate some meaningful relationships, that you initiate them. And I know a lot of times we kind of just wait around for people to come to us and befriend us, but, but really the goal as a believer is to take the first step forward and to go and to reach out to, to somebody else. Listen, if that were never done for my wife and I, when we first came to Bethany, we wouldn't be in here as long as we are. We've been here for like 21 years. And when we first got here, the congregation wasn't even close to this size, like 120 people. And when we got there, that congregation didn't expect us to fit in. They were all older than us. And if for us to fit in there, it would have been my wife had to color her hair blue and I would have had old vintage clothing. <laughs> so it wasn't about fitting in. It was about belonging. And those, those women and those men came alongside of us. And, and even though that we were different and young and didn't come from the same background and didn't talk the same or dress the same, they embraced us and they loved us and they were there with us and walked the journey of life with us. And, and I, know, I know that they love my wife more than they love me. I get that, right? I understand that. They love Kelly and so they like love me. But those folks, if they weren't, if they weren't truly the church, like as, as Christ called them to be, we would have been gone a long time ago. And friend, I know that there's people that I'm speaking to right now that you're in that same position, that if it wasn't for so-and-so that who came alongside of you, you would have never have made another step into this place. You would have been gone a long time ago. Because I understand the larger we get, the smaller we've got to become 
And I understand that a large church is an intimidating church. And I understand that there is a desire to be anonymous. And, and you might have all the right excuses to stay anonymous. And I get them. And you might say to, say to me, Matt, but you don't understand my background. You don't understand where I've come from. You don't understand. I just, I don't need to get deep because the last time I got deep, I exposed my heart. I exposed my life. I exposed who I was. And, and you know what? It didn't work out for me. They wanted me to fit in rather than to belong. They didn't take me for who I was. And, and I get that. And I, I would probably agree with you. But you know, God doesn't, God doesn't want you just to have uh, superficial relationships. He wants you to have meaningful relationships. And he wants you to, to be on the lookout for others that need that same relationship. And, and he wants you to be the one that steps into someone's trouble, to someone's hurt, to someone's pain, and, and to be a part of someone's life and to be an encouragement to them. That's what the scriptures really teach us that when we get together, the primary purpose of our getting together in fellowship is to be encouragement. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, we know it as the verse that says, get back to church, but that's not really what it's all about. It says, don't, get, don't, don't give up meeting together as some of you are in the habit of doing it, but encourage one another. Like the reason why Paul, who wrote Hebrews, is saying, get back together is because he's saying, listen, you're missing out on encouragement and all the more as you see the day approaching. And friends, we're all gonna need to travel in this life with somebody. And it doesn't need to be superficial people. It needs to be people that care about your soul, who care about you deeply. And I'm telling you this because one day, Trouble is going to come your way. And, and, and it's, it's going to hit you when you least expect it. And you're going to need some people that are around you that care for you more than just about uh, your successes. You're going to need some people that care about your soul, who want to see you actually not just kind of limp through life, but get through life, not to be wounded, but to have victory over it through Christ Jesus. Do, do you have those friends in your life for you? Because trouble's going to come. You know, in the Sandlot, trouble comes. It comes through a kid perspective, but it comes. It, 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 well, instead of explaining away, why don't you just take a look how trouble comes. You know, it's, uh, it's trouble from the sign or the, the sight of, uh, of a kid, right? The ball goes over the fence. And I think any adult would just go back over and, and ask the neighbor to go back and get the ball. But it kind of is that way even in adulthood that we look at someone else's problem and we don't see it as a mountain. We see it as a molehill. But man, anybody who's got a problem sees it as a mountain. Uh, there is no minor surgery when you're the patient, right? It's always trouble. And who are, who, who's there for you when, when there's trouble in your life? Is it work friends? Is it, is it family? Is, is that all you have to rely on? Is, is it just a, maybe a friend at a club that you, you associate with? Or is it faith friends that know your heart, know your soul, know your connection? Can, can keep you grounded in the scriptures even when trouble comes and, and to recognize that there's a God that's present and active and moving even through the trials of life. And the Bible has this scripture that sounds like it could have easily been written in today's times, especially with Facebook. Proverbs 18 says, a man of many companions may come to ruin. You might have a lot of followers, you might have a lot of likes, you might have a lot of friends, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Like when, when you really need somebody, who's gonna show up? And I think the, the biggest question you could ask yourself is this. If I were moving next weekend and threw that out on Facebook, how many of my thousands of friends would arrive and help me out? Because the day's coming when you're gonna need somebody and you're gonna need them to be there as a friend, not as an acquaintance, someone who knows you as a soul rather than someone who sees you as superficial, someone who has a meaningful relationship rather than just an acquaintance and 
And the day's coming where you're gonna need that person to help you navigate life, to keep focused on faith, keep focused on who God is. And, and not just focus on, on that there's more to life, but that there is, there's victory in life, that, that God can bring you through some things you never thought you can endure, that God can have you triumph over some things that you never thought you could climb over yourself. And you're gonna need somebody there to kind of help you in directing your steps to get there. The Bible says it like this in Ecclesiastes 4. We hear this all the time in weddings anymore. It says two people are better than one. They're better off than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. And Solomon, who wrote that, he's saying, listen, you're vulnerable if you think you can go through life alone or if you have no one to depend on, you're gonna be vulnerable in life. But if you have a friend, someone that will stick close to you than a brother, you're gonna be less vulnerable. You're gonna actually be protected in life. You know, NASA did a study some years ago, right? Like when they were doing the Mercury project and sending men up to space to go around the orbit and they just didn't know what the effects uh, and the conditions would be in that tight capsule as one astronaut would have to sit there alone and experience stresses that were literally out of this world. And so uh, at that time, they didn't want to do the experiment on men. So they put monkeys in the capsules and they would hook them up to all kind of diagnostic equipment and they would monitor their heart rate. And what they tried to do is they tried to stress out the monkey to the point of cardiac arrest. Now, I know this is a, just a test that they had done. It's total cruelty to animals, but uh, when they had done that, they had discovered that, that those animals, those monkeys would just stress out to the point where nearly they'd have a heart attack. But here's what they discovered, that if they would enter in a buddy monkey, another monkey, a secondary monkey to share the stress with, that the heart rate and all the stress indicators would never go above half of what they did when that monkey was alone. Just kind of someone to share the trouble, to share the pain, to share the stress with. Like you ever heard the adage uh, that says, a trouble shared is a troubled halved? It's so true. It's like based off of that story, who's your monkey? Who's your buddy in life? Who's the person that you wander through life with and say, listen, this is a stressful moment. This is a trying moment. This is a, this is a tragic moment, but you know what? It's not gonna get the better of me because my buddy, my pal, my, my friend who sticks closer than a brother, closer than a sister is right here with me. And we're navigating this together and we're not getting through it with the world's wisdom. We're getting through it with godly wisdom and we're relying on Christ on this one. You need someone to help you to direct your steps that keeps you pointed and fixated on the God above. Because if you're like me, man, I wanna be a man of faith. I wanna be a person that is dedicated to God, but I don't always think that way. And I need some other people in my moments of crisis, in my moments of trial or temptation to keep me pointed on what I want best. Some people that aren't superficial, but some people that look over my soul. I need some faith friends because trouble's coming. Well, what you see here is trouble comes for these guys and what Benny does, was, does is something uh, completely risky. Uh, in his friendship for Smalls, he decides, you know what? We're gonna get that ball back because I don't want you in trouble with your stepdad. And so in an act of sacrifice, Benny decides to do something radical to help Smalls out. I love what Benny does. He just risks it, puts it on the line and uh, almost becomes sacrificial in his own way. I mean, he has no idea what's on the other side of the fence. It's been built up in their heads that it is actually gonna lead to his death and he's gonna pickle the beast for the sake of his friendship with, with Smalls. You know, it just uh, kind of leads into the sacrificial aspect of friendship that it's not about, it's not about having our needs met, but it's about meeting the needs of others. And there might be times when you feel like you're pouring yourself out and that you just don't have it within you, but you've got to rely 
on something greater with outside of you, God himself to, to be the energy, to be the, the force, to be the power that has you to, to go and befriend others and to, to risk it and to be sacrificial for those that are, that, that are not belonging, that are not fitting in, that are not feeling as if this is their place and these are their people. The Bible tells us in John chapter 15, Jesus has these words. My command is this. He says, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friend. And when Jesus was speaking that, he was actually talking about his own death. He was actually saying that I'm going to show you what true genuine friendship is. It's sacrificial and it's a, a physical sacrifice. And a lot of us are like, you know what? That's great. The height of friendship would be to lay down your life for somebody, but that's not, that's not how Jesus is applying it to you and I. It's how he applied it to himself. For you and I, the act of friendship is about sacrificing yourself daily. It's about giving of yourself it's, it's saying, it's not about me today, it's, it's about you today. How, how can I make your life easier? How can I show some love to you today? It's not just about having the expectation that you do something for me, but it should be waking up saying, what can I do for someone else today? That's the sacrifice. But when it came to the sacrifice of Jesus, Jesus says, I'm literally going to the cross and I'm literally gonna give myself up and I'm gonna literally give my body up. But not only did Jesus give up his body, he gave up he gave up the life and the connection, the relationship that he had with the Father. Now, just hear me out for a second. Because some of you have a difference of opinion on this. In 1 Peter, it tells us that when Jesus had died on that cross, he died with my sin and your sin and the sins of the past and the sins of his present and the sins of all the future. He died with every sin that had ever been or could be or will be committed on the face of the earth. He died with sin. And the Bible tells us that sin and God don't go together. It's like oil and water. He would turn his face on the sinner. And that day when the sky grew dark as Christ let out, Father, forgive them. And into your hands I commit my spirit. You remember one of the miracles that happened is the sky shone dark and he felt betrayed on that cross. He felt like his father had abandoned him. It was because his father did. Because sin and God don't go together. And first Peter would have said that Christ descended. He descended into hell. He preached to the prisoners there. I don't even know what that means. I, I, when, I'm gonna ask him that when I get to heaven. But the miracle part about Christ's resurrection is not that he just rose from the dead. He, had, he showed us he had the power to do that through all the miracles he performed. The miracle is the sacrifice of taking on my sin and being abandoned by the Father so I would never have to be abandoned by the Father. So I never have to be removed. So I never would have to have that feeling of, of, of not being able to fit in or not being able to belong or not being able to be God's kid. And he left, this is the miracle of Jesus. He left that sin in hell. And that's why we can say of our Savior, he has defeated death and he has defeated sin because it's been left in the pits of hell where it belongs. And friends, I want you to know about that all-sufficient Savior. I want you to know about him. And I want you to come to him and I want you to run to him and I want you to receive him, Jesus. And I want you to believe in him and be baptized in him. And I want you to have a relationship with the God whom he calls Father and that you could call Father. And maybe you're already there. Maybe you've done that. And if you haven't, I want to speak to you just after this service. But, but if, if, if you've done that and, and you're just not connected to his people, his church, 
I want you to use this moment right after service to run to Connection Central and get connected and say, just, just plug me in wherever you can. Get me involved in a small group. Get me in Discover Bethany. Get me in a rooted class, whatever it needs to be. I just need to get paired up with these people because I need some people that care for me, for my soul. I need some faith friends around here. Hey, let's stand together and let's close this service out in prayer. God, you've given us every pathway to belong and uh, you haven't been the stumbling block to us. We've been it to ourselves and, and sometimes just the way in which we have gone about our methods of church, we've done it to ourselves that way as well. And we've just kind of rushed through our day, not giving any openness to others. And I pray, Father, that we will realize how important relationships are and that we won't remember just a silly movie, but we'll remember the scriptures, we'll remember some of the sermon. And Father, that it will weigh on our heart. It will weigh on our heart to become good friends, meaningful friends, and make people feel like they belong. Belong to you, belong to this church. And Father, that we just do a much better job of learning about diversity, but unity. That we can have both because of the connection that we have in Christ Jesus. And may we walk out of here today being more connected with you and more connected to each other because of the next steps that we make. And we pray these things in Christ's name and we all say together, amen.